Welcome to the Merge Feast. It's a podcast where we satisfy your cravings for all things Survivor. We're your hosts, Sam and Mags. And this is a recap for Season 45, Episode 1. This is pretty exciting. Season 45. Can you believe it? No, it's so exciting. Although I wish it was a more of a theme year. Yeah, there's no theme. The theme this year seems to so far be disappointment. Yeah. But hopefully there's redemption coming for some of our castaways. But we, uh, I'm excited. I think other than a few people, I think we've got some good, good uh, castaways to get to know this season, and we'll get into it. But I agree. Yeah, I'm overall I'm excited. I'm I think we've got some good players. Hopefully, fingers crossed. We didn't get to see much of it in this first episode. As the episodes unfold, we'll get a little bit more. But yeah, new season, season 45. There's I mean, I can't think of another show that's had 45 seasons. No, I can't. I was thinking The Bachelor, but I don't even think they're close. If you add up all the Bachelors and Bachelorettes and Bachelor in Paradises, maybe they're close. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. No, it's... I'll tell you. So they start, we get the classic intro. Let's get right into it. We get the people on the boats. They're cruising in, wind in their hair. Who's driving the boat, by the way? I should have paid attention to that. No, they never show. See? Yeah, I mean, maybe in the wideout shots, but they yeah. never really show. They got a guy laying on the bottom of the boat with his hand on the, <laughs> on the steering stick. But yeah, so they're flying toward this big barge that Jeff is waiting on. They did a barge this year instead of a, a like a ship or a sailboat. Yeah, Jeff's gone a little soft. Yeah, he's got a little soft. He didn't fly in on a helicopter or anything. Yeah, the introductions for him used to be him standing on like a really skinny peak of a really tall mountain of him like holding on one arm to leaning out of a helicopter that's in the air. Mm-hmm. And this one, he was standing on a staircase on a boat. He's got he's got kids now. He can't be risking that kind of stuff. Ah, I miss it. Yeah, it's missing that edge a little bit. It is. But he's got a that barge looked rusty and old. So you, you cut your leg climbing over the wall to that's you you better get a tetanus shot quick. It's a different kind of danger. It's not the same, but it's it's there. Jeff hasn't gotten completely soft on us. But they have to climb over the edge. We got uh three tribes. We got red, yellow, and blue who climb over the edge and they are psyched to be there, as they should. I feel like once you're at season 45, people, everybody who gets on the show should be pumped to be there. That makes sense to me. I agree. These guys were thrilled. Yeah. They were like literally dancing. Yeah. I put in my notes, you rarely get this much excitement from other reality shows. Yeah. For the people who are there. Definitely. Like they're, and maybe there was too much excitement, which we'll get into later, (laughs) but they were definitely happy to be there, which... Um, that, that got me excited watching, you know, that, uh, there are people who are there to play. And yeah. Play it's hard. a vibe. Yeah. V- vibe. <laughs> we'll get into that too. That was the word of the day in our episode today, but we get the tribe names. We have red is Reba, Reba. Mm-hmm. and then yellow is Lulu and blue is Bello. And, uh, we get, <laughs> man, Right off the bat, we get a a quote from Brandon where he says, you know, I am so excited to be here with my new family. Like, what's better than this? This is the best. And I wrote in my notes, long hair dude is in for a shock. (laughs) (laughs) Long hair dude wasn't for a shock. I had no idea it would be so fast. (laughs) You were happy when you saw him struggling on the staircase. thrilled. I was I was just as excited as they are to be there when I watched him fall off the side of the boat. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I thought that was great. I did want to interject here. Um, Jeff had a fantastic breakdown of the show um, that he shares, and I wanted to say it here because I know a lot of our listeners don't actually watch. So he says, a group of strangers are forced to rely on each other while voting each other out. And in the end, the people you voted out get the final say in who wins. That's right. Yeah. So very basic outline of Survivor. You got to stab people in the back, but you have to do it in a way that makes them still like or respect you enough to vote for you to win the million dollars. So right off the bat, we get a 
it's really it's a reward challenge and the reward is a pot a machete and flint which is it's because the interns from previous seasons are sick and tired of people throwing pineapples off the side of a boat and never collecting them and they have to go out and swim out and put them all back in the boat i know the interns hate it i miss it that's right i miss it that's right people just throwing bunches of bananas into the water with yeah. no no intention of retrieving them. <laughs> uh, those days are over. Now they just get a pot, a machete, and a flint, and uh, part of the new era of Survivor for sure. So we got a challenge here. Mags, do you want to give us a breakdown on the challenge? Two members of each tribe will race to empty a massive crate filled with sandbags to retrieve a key. The next pair jumps off the boat that the challenge takes place in. They swim to a rowboat in which there is another key. They will then paddle back and the last two will use the key to unlock two poles that will help them get their dangling flint, which is hanging about 15 feet off the ground. That's just a rough guess. Yeah, rough guess. I'd say maybe 12, 13 feet. Yeah. (laughs) The challenge starts and right away, uh, Reba takes a lead and they kind of blow the lead a little bit in the rowboat part of it, but they they had enough of a lead that they end up coming in around the same time as the other two tribes. But this is where things start to unravel for the yellow tribe, for Lulu. When long-haired dude, who we now know as Brandon, and Sean, his partner, have to get out of the rowboat and climb up a rope ladder back onto the barge. Brandon, for some reason, was thinking it was just a pull-up competition. He doesn't use his legs at all. And just kind of dangles there and falls into the water multiple times. And uh, and then he tells Sean, you know, go on without me, which is a noble thing to do. Unfortunately, the challenge doesn't really work that way. Both of them have to finish. <laughs> so, Sean's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You have to come too. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You can't do it for us both. Brandon and Sean were the first to get to the rope ladder and the last to get up, Mm -hmm. which is huge. Yeah. Like people on your team instantly put a target on your back. Yeah. They were the last to get up by a mile. Not Sean, just Brandon. Brandon was completely spent from his swim out to the rowboat and his rowing back. He was passing out in the water, basically. Let me say at this point, I felt really bad for Brandon. Yeah. He was still in my good graces. He still is a little to be talked about more, but I was like secondhand embarrassed and like, I don't know. I just felt really bad for the guy. Yeah. He's a nice guy, but uh, he was not ready for he looked, what was about to happen. <laughs> he looked like a jello version of himself <laughs> trying to climb up the ladder. He flopped over the edge when he finally got up and just like laid there. And then everybody was yelling at him, you have to make it to the mat. And he just kind of, he crawled. He did. He crawled across and then just collapsed on the ground and laid there for a while. Not a good start for Brandon. But hey, he was in for a shock. I didn't literally think he was going to go into shock, but I was right. He was in for a shock. You were right. Reba ended up winning the first reward challenge and uh, Drew, who says at the beginning, he's probably one of the smartest people who's ever played Survivor. I put that in my notes too. He shows that not only is he the smartest, but he is also one of the most athletic players we've ever seen by winning that first challenge. I would like to say anybody who says, I am the most blank to ever play this game, I don't like you immediately. Unless you're like putting yourself down. I am the stupidest person to ever play this game. And then I'm like, ah, oh. okay. All right. But anybody who comes in and like saying like, I am, I am the smartest person to ever play this game. I am the most talented person to play this game. Immediately. I am just uninterested in watching that person succeed. Do you think season 45 is just a number? That's 45 seasons of people at least one or two of those people have got to be smart. Absolutely. And wouldn't you be scared to say something like that and fear that you'd get voted off first? And that's how they got on the show. They made bold statements in casting. It is. It's true. You got. I, I couldn't get on there because I'd be too conservative with what I said. I might win Survivor. But I, who's to say? <laughs> that's right. You could. 
But I most likely I wouldn't. <laughs> Statistically, there are more people. I'm just one guy. Yeah. Well, Reba wins. The other two tribes lose. So they don't get their flint or their machete or pot. And they have to go back to what we thought would be a pretty typical savvy versus strength, you know, choice back at camp. But instead, they send two people off to a savvy versus strength, kind of this mystery challenge. And each tribe has to send two people. Everybody else goes back to their beaches. So we get a, you know, a brief break here, but we do get to the beach. Do you have anything to add before we move on to the beach portion? I did get a brief rundown on the tribe members on Reba. They don't do this for the other tribe members, but do you want to hear what I have for the tribe members here? Yeah. So I've got their name and then um, just a little something about them. So Jay is a singer-songwriter. Sifu is into Tai Chi. Love that for him. Julie is an art teacher and a liar because she's actually a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) And Drew, the guy who says he was the smartest to ever play this game, claims to be a college student, not a lie. But he has a talking head, which explains why he said that. And he's just a little cocky for my taste. Yeah. Drew, we'll see if Drew's got what it takes to back up all, yeah. all of his talk. But we'll get to this in a minute. When Julie lied about what she does, I wrote in my notes, why would she do that? Nobody ever cares about what you do for a living. And you I got had. I will eat my words. Yes, you will. I'm just like Brandon. I'm in for a shock. <laughs> Her lie was awesome. She said, I'm an art teacher. And she says, I teach out of my house. Mm -hmm. What a weird detail to add that really solidified that lie. Yeah, she doesn't have to add, like, talk about what school she teaches at or what age. Like, she doesn't have to add any other details because she just teaches out of her house so she can make up whatever she wants. The art of a good good. lie. It's way better than uh, last season when the guy said he was a, a personal trainer no so personal trainer is what he should have said and then he said i'm a physical trainer yeah that job's not real so that's a good breakdown that's the first that's the first beach that we get to visit is reba but then we go over to bellow man bruce was cracking me up first thing out of his mouth is you know i just i don't want to be like the dad figure or the leader i don't want to be in a leadership role second thing out of his mouth Biggest waste of time is weaving palm fronds. What you guys want to do, that's a waste of time. Let's not do that. Let's do what I want to do. And then we'll probably do this next. And then after that, it's probably smart that we do this. Remember, I've been here before. You sounded just like him. The thing about the palm fronds, I took that personally. (laughs) How was that the biggest waste of time? I'm so shocked by that. And I wonder if all the other Survivor contestants are watching that and being like, what are you talking about? You never even spent a night on this beach. Yeah, you were there for 12 hours, Bruce. I want to rewatch it, but I highly doubt he did any of the weaving for palm fronds. Yeah, it was Bruce was making me making me laugh. His, but this whole this whole tribe, this is like the most millennial tribe I've ever seen. I'm talking yeah. about the immaculate vibes. Oh, They're and not just the vibing. vibes, but oh yeah, but the what is that? They're talking about the astrology signs, mm-hmm. and they're really excited about being the same ones, and they are. It's a vibe over there. Yeah, they are. They're not vibing. a vibe I'd like to be in, but it's one. Yeah, it is a vibe. Then we get over to the Lulu tribe. We've got Yellow. And we didn't talk about this, but Emily, what is going on with her? She's crazy. She said in an interview I watched before this episode aired, mm-hmm. before this episode aired, and she said that the casting people told her, oh, you remind us of Chaos Cass. And I watched that with that in my mind and she is a baby chaos cast she is now that you mention it she, she really is. is i didn't think about that when watching it she's playing way too hard right off the bat immediately they get to their island their spot on the island she turns to her tribe mates and she says if those guys come back with nothing they're lying like girlfriend just sit for a Relax. second say hi my name's emily be nice just be nice <laughs> She can't do it. She can't. I mean, she like that whole thing about, I got to push back on what Bruce said for a second, back on the boat. What is she doing? Like, that is the dumbest thing you could do. Oh, I forgot she did that. There's no point. Immediately make an that. enemy? Yeah. with And show everybody that she's like this very aggressive 
not very nice, like difficult to get along with person, yeah. you know? And poor Bruce, I mean, he's just trying, he's just ha- having his moment. He's just a guy who hit his head and coming back for a second chance. The dude probably is still suffering, you know, from the concussion. He is. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, Emily just from right out of the gate, I don't know if she's nervous or whatever, but she just has been nasty to everybody. She's just casting suspicion on everybody for no reason about yeah if they don't if they don't come back with something they're it's because they took a reward or they took an advantage like just you don't know what's what happened just stop assuming somebody's doing this horrible thing what if they just lost yeah you know if you do have those suspicions that's fine just don't talk about it to other people also on the lulu tribe Hannah says, once they kind of get to their little clearing, you know, to make their shelter, she says, so who's the shelter person? (laughs) (laughs) I really like that because actually there usually is a person to drive the shelter Mm -hmm. who has a vision. Mm -hmm. And that's what this tribe lacks, a vision. They need a vision. Uh, They need some, they need miracles, I think. But we do get over to probably who their shelter person ended up being. We get over to the sweat versus savvy challenge. And we get to see that it's not a choice like in past seasons with you can choose either sweat or savvy and try and earn your supplies that way. It's a head-to-head between the two tribes that don't have their stuff. One of them will for sure lose. It's possible that they both lose if they don't do it within the time limit. They had an hour to finish it? That's crazy. Is that right? That sounds right to me. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think anybody has ever not completed their challenge. No, everybody always gets it. And so this made it, I mean, it was a little bit overkill, in my opinion. I think the producers were were probably bugged that people were getting it every time. And so they wanted to create a situation that guaranteed at least one tribe not getting flint or a machete or a pot, which the machete is the biggest one of that, flint being a close second. But man, they they made it too hard. Why did they need the time limit? They should have just not had the time limit. Yeah. At that point, they should have made an, called an audible and just said first to finish. Yeah. What's so interesting about the secrecy of this, where they didn't announce that this will be both Sweat and Savvy, Mm -hmm. first to complete wins, Mm -hmm. is that the strategy was different behind which members of your tribe you sent, Mm -hmm. which I really liked, because we had some really scrawny person on doing the Sweat Challenge, which you never see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and give us a... Uh, challenge breakdown. Yes, brief challenge breakdown. Sweat is to move just these really heavy, big logs um, from one pile to the next. Probably about 50 yards. Yeah, it was, they, they looked heavy. Yeah. And then Savvy was to maneuver um, and free their flint, which was tied to a rope and looped through a metal structure. And the, the aforementioned scrawny guy towards the end was literally on his knees pushing the log. He was rolling a log yeah, along the through beach. through the sand. Yeah. It looked miserable. It did. And I, I, it's crazy also that they didn't get a choice which to start with. It wasn't like they could choose start with Savvy and then move on to Sweat because everybody would have done that. It was you have to start with Sweat and then when you're finished moving the logs, then you have to try and use your brain to figure something out. Right. And that, that probably is what killed them, to be honest. Yeah. And who is the girl who did that? I don't even remember her name. I've got it. It's um, Sabaya. That's right. Yeah. I think it's Sabaya. Sabaya, this is when she became one of my top favorites. She's talking so positively to herself and to her teammate. And her teammate, what's his name? Uh, Caleb. Caleb. He likes it which immediately I think they're going to get along great because that could have gone one of two ways where somebody's like, I'm so bothered. The girl next to me is just like trying to talk me up. And I, you know, like that could have gone poorly, but immediately he liked it. And then I solidified them in my mind. Like they're going to go far. They're a good team together. Yeah. 
And so often you get someone who gets that kind of words of encouragement. They're like, don't talk to me right now. Exactly. And so they really, they fit well together in this challenge. Although spoiler alert, they couldn't complete it. I really thought that was a, a really good experience for both of them in the, in the ways of, I think they just built a strong alliance together. And heaven knows they needed it because their tribe is a mess. Yeah. Back at camp. But yes, like you said, neither tribe ends up finishing it. It's too it's too hard. And maybe it's for the best. Maybe that we needed that extra drama. But And you know what? It was such a hard challenge. I'm confident. I'm so confident that the the scrawny guy on Bello, mm-hmm. he definitely peed his pants. Really? Did you see that? No. <laughs> he looks he, like he had peed his pants. What? I'm gonna have to go back. And pull that up. He definitely had some suspicious <laughs> watermarks around the crotch region. Yeah, maybe just that's where he gets sweaty. Do you never know? <laughs> he doesn't even have a, a machete to help him feel better about his pants wedding. But they both go back empty-handed, which immediately, <laughs> immediately sets Emily off. So the yellow team gets back to Lulu's camp and uh, they tell him we didn't win. We didn't get, this is Caleb and Sadea and, uh, is that her name? No, it's like Sabaya. Sabaya. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's the I'm first episode. We don't know the name, so sue us. <laughs> I'm going to have to write this one down. They get back, let them know that we didn't, uh, we didn't get the supplies and immediately Emily is... She is pissed. And I just, man, I like rolled my eyes at her. Holy cow, just relax. You have no idea what they just did. Just, man, that, that uh, I'm automatically assuming the worst of people while probably a healthier in Survivor than in real life. If you can't rein that in, that's going to really cause her problems in the game. Yeah, sure. it's almost best in Survivor to assume the worst of everybody. Privately. And... Portray, you assume the best. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's true. She has um, this funny line. I love these talking heads where people are saying how they know somebody's lying. And as the audience, you know the person they're talking about was in fact telling the truth. Mm-hmm. I really love those ones. Yeah. So she said, their insistence that nothing nefarious happened, that's BS. <laughs> oh, I would love to watch her rewatch this tonight. Uh, no, you just want to be in the room. <laughs> yes. Like be her family. Do you think her family just all looked at her while that while she was saying that on TV? I don't know which tribe this was on, but uh, who's the Jake, the guy from Boston? Mm-hmm. He's so upset that his, so he must be on Bellow. Mm-hmm. So he says, maybe just like something that I've always dreamed of hearing a guy from Boston actually say, he says, we had like a lawyer and a, like an insanely smart college student. They're supposed to be wicked smart. <laughs> wicked smart. <laughs> That's right. He pulled it out. He's pulling out all that Boston charm right he at the saved beginning. it for that. If not, that was the perfect time to use yeah, it. It was. It was good. Him and Brando. Speaking of Bello, we go back to their beach. And uh, man, this is where it really backfires on me because immediately the astrology girl she calls out Jake, who you were just talking about, for being a lawyer and says, I want him out. And they say, why? Because he's a lawyer. She and, says that unknowingly to another lawyer. Yes. And I have to eat my words that <laughs> I thought nobody cared about, you know, what people do for a living. Yeah. But apparently some people do have it out for lawyers. Yeah. I don't know. I know a few lawyers in real life. Not all that impressive. <laughs> This reminds me of maybe three seasons ago, Cody, uh, you know, the guy who had live-in tattooed on his butt cheeks. Mm-hmm. He says, he, he's talking to his tribe mates and he says, I want to get so-and-so out. And they say, why? And he's like, he's, he's a salesman. And salesmen are greasy and they That's will right. do anything to get what you want. And then uh-huh. it cuts to his talking head and he says, how do I know that? I'm a salesman. I'm a salesman. <laughs> That's right. It's exactly like that. So who's the girl who says she wants the lawyer out? I can't remember her name. Just astrology girl is what I know her as. Yeah. From henceforth, she will be known as astrology girl. (laughs) She is like maybe 
you know, like 10th removed cousins from Drew Barrymore. Okay, keep that in mind next time you watch. She's got the little charming lisp. She's related to her in some way. Okay. So now we just have to decide if she's astrology girl or Drew Barrymore lookalike. That's right. She could be both. She's definitely both. We'll call her little Drew. <laughs> oh, wait, we already have a Drew. Astrology uh, girl it is. That's right. Uh, but then we do go over to, uh, we go back to Lulu. And uh, Emily is stating the obvious, that she doesn't fit in with her tribe. She's having a hard time, you know, getting along with these people that she feels like she doesn't really like. And uh, we have this great conversation about how the pyramids are built by aliens, and uh, which is great. I love having these kinds of conspiracy theory conversations. Yeah, but you love them because you like, you like riling them up. Or not necessarily that, but you like to lean into it even though you don't believe it. Yeah. I'll do this occasionally about, you know, I don't necessarily believe in the conspiracy theory, but I think it's fun to joke about and to talk about. But sometimes you get people who are also joking about it. Like, you know, you're talking about how, you know, birds aren't real, they're government drones. And I'll be talking to them about it, about how, you know, that's that's true. And you know what else are government drones? Whales. Whales are the perfect cover for like exploring the ocean without, you know, they're perfect size for like a two-man submarine. Anyway, I'll get into that, but I'll be talking about that with someone and they'll get a little too serious and they'll convince me that they're actually, uh, they believe it. And I think that's maybe what was happening here in this tribe (laughs) where Emily was sitting there like, wait, but nobody actually believes this, right? But they kept talking about it and she's like, oh, but wait, nobody actually believes this, right? <laughs> but she couldn't say it because she thought that they actually believed it. Yeah. She had to bite her tongue. Well, conspiracy corner. You heard it here first. Whales are two-man submarine and the pyramids are some form of battery. Yeah. Everybody always says how space, you know, the deep sea has been less explored than outer space. You think the government's going to let that happen? I don't think so. I've seen Pacific Rim. No way they're not checking that out. We go over to the Reba tribe and uh, we have Sifu playing a dangerous game. He's trying to play a Tony game here. Sifu is number one. He's going to make, yeah, uh, he's not going to win, but he is going to make such good TV. Yeah. He's kind of like Danny from last season. He's every time he's jumping or doing something, he's like somersaulting, he's posing in the air. He's he's really like energetic for a guy who hasn't eaten. That's right. He's he's adding pizzazz to every move he does. Just kind of fun. He's while well, he's you know, playing his game and he gets caught. He has this confessional where he says, "I don't think anybody's on to me." And literally, they see him spying on him. That, that was a little cringeworthy. Yeah. He has to shrug it off. Of course, everybody knows what you're doing. Yeah. That that's was. Wh- that's why it's a dangerous game. It is. But luckily for him, we're in the era of Survivor where it's less taboo to go looking for idols and advantages on the first day. It is still taboo, but it's less so because you have things like beware advantages right. that can kind of handicap you if you find something which we see happen on the Reba tribe. It's not Sifu, but it's his teammate who I don't know his name. Do you know his name? Describe him to me. He's got the long hair, pretty buff dude. Austin. Austin. Austin comes and he finds the beware advantage and in a tree, just kind of stumbles upon it. And uh, he's got multiple tasks to accomplish to obtain a secret, a secret hidden immunity idol. And until he gets the idol, he doesn't have a vote in tribal council. These beware advantages are getting harder, I feel like. It was so funny whenever he realized that it was he had a list of things he had to complete. Yeah. In the past, it would be um, one thing you had to complete, such as obtaining a bead from everybody's bag. And this one has multiple steps. I love that. <laughs> People start to think that they know what's coming. They start to think they know what Sweat versus Savvy is going to be. They know what a beware advantage is. N- not in this newer era of Survivor, which 
I'm not a huge fan of, but I do love that it keeps everybody on their toes. Yeah. You have to, you have to, first of all, you have to anticipate because some things are the same. And so you want to be ready for those things, but you can't rely so much on what you've prepared for because you're going to have to adapt. Exactly. On the fly, for sure. Now, there was some super funny conversation at Lulu. Mm-hmm. They are, <laughs> Brandon and Hannah are standing there, and Brandon just says, I'm just in a laying, uh, <laughs> he says, I'm just in a laying down mood. <laughs> that's right. I'm not going to, I'm, I, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't. Could I? No, no. Because we don't have a shelter. (laughs) I've never heard somebody say that day one of Survivor when they're supposed to be building their shelter. Um, Their conversation kind of like, it starts picking up mm -hmm. and they both start crying and you could tell they're both like miserable, Mm -hmm. but they're like, I'm so happy. But they're like. (laughs) They're crying. Yeah. And not like tears of happiness. uh Like you could tell they are they're shocked. Yeah. They don't, they hate what they've gotten themselves into and they know a camera's on them. So they're like, these are happy tears. I've wanted to do this since I was 11. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that is, that's gotta be an awful moment when you realize that your dream that you've had for your entire life is the worst thing you'll ever experience. <laughs> and you wish you dreamed for something else. <laughs> that can't be a good moment. Brandon says that, um, soothing Hannah was actually really soothing to his own anxiety, mm-hmm. which is definitely a thing. Yeah. Made me think of that episode of The Office, you know, Michael and Pam start the Michael Scott Paper Company. And when Pam is having her little anxiety in the end and Michael helps her, you know, like she did earlier in the episode, she says something like to that effect, like, you know, sometimes when you're both freaking out and the other person's freaking out bigger, mm-hmm. that... It calms the other person down. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's what kind of happens here. They kind of calm each other down in their stressful moments. And Brandon, in this case, is there for for Hannah, but uh, not there enough, apparently. But we do get an immunity challenge, finally. Before we get to the immunity challenge, let's take a quick break, and we'll go back with a immunity challenge breakdown from Mags. All right, guys, allow me to introduce you to Jancy and Co., your one-stop shop for all things macrame, weavings, and embroideries. Whether you're a seasoned home decorator or just someone who appreciates the art of handcrafted decor, Jancy and Co. on jancyand.com. Or- yeah, don't you have one of Jancy Ann's little macrame keychains? Yes, I do. It's really pretty weaving and it's a little like strip tassel. It's so beautiful. I've had it for forever and it's really lasted. It's super high quality. Well, they always have quality items for a quality price. Go to jancyann.com or jancyannco on Etsy. That's J-A-N-C-Y-A-N-N-C-O. And we're back. Mags, you want to break down this immunity challenge for us? Yes. So one player at a time, the team will race up and over a ramp into a mud pit. As a team, they will drag a bag of coconuts to a basket where two players will shoot coconuts in until it's heavy enough to release a set of keys. They will then work together and to get everyone up a super tall tower, which is just like a ramp. So it's nowhere to put your feet or grab onto. And at the top of that, two people will use the keys to unlock and solve a massive puzzle. It's a it's a pretty big challenge. It's a huge challenge. Yeah. Like in size, it's mm-hmm. huge. And length, yeah, it's a it's a long one. I loved this start because they have to go one at a time up this ramp and then down the slide. Bruce is the first one for the blue tribe to go, and after smashing his head in in the first day of last season, Jeff says go, and Bruce has this leisurely jog. He has no interest in smashing his head again. He just kind of speed walks 
he's you know swivels his hips a little bit, gets to it, and Jeff says, "Watch your head." <laughs> I thought that was great. I thought, "Look at Bruce; he's learning." Yes, he has. He's 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 improving. I thought that was good. Then we get uh, the rest of them. All of them have to get up and down into this mud pit. Hannah lands face first into the mud. Yeah. And thus begins her villain era. <laughs> this is where it all began. Yeah, and I don't mean like she went, she goes face first and splashes up and like gets some speckles of dirt on her nose. <laughs> no, like she goes face first in the mud and comes up and looks like she's wearing a full body black <laughs> costume suit. I watched it happen and I thought, she got a mouthful of mud. She's like that plugged. I'm sure that plugged every oh, open orifice of her it face. Did. But uh, but Jeff yells. He says, "Hannah, face first. That's how you do it." And I thought, "No, it's not, Jeff. Don't tell him that. <laughs> That's the slowest way." Don't encourage this type of behavior. No, they should be going feet first. That's how you win the challenge, Jeff. It's not good TV. Though. The sounds of the mud. Let me tell you the. Editing and sound mixers of Survivor were working double time on this. <laughs> it was the squishiest, sloshiest mud I'd ever heard. Ugh. The mud was crazy. I, I, it looked different than other mud from it past did. It was man-made manufactured it was, mud. It was made artificial with, with mud. <laughs> yeah. If they had stayed in there for too long, they would have had their legs cemented into the ground. <laughs> they move on from the, the mud portion they have to drag this big heavy heavy thing of coconuts and then throw the coconuts into a net and they're throwing these coconuts and all i can think of is caleb is throwing the coconuts for lulu are you gonna say overhanded no was he throwing them overhanded no but i have i have a little note about that but you finish he needed more arc on his shot he's barely getting it over the front of the rim you know what i saw that yeah like he was like throwing them more like yeah they were like straight line yeah they're daggers like he's throwing a chess pass it's like dude you just give it a little arc you're gonna increase your chances exponentially so I saw this meme the other day it said if you see your best friend on the street and you see them arguing arguing with somebody what do you instantly think they're arguing about and you know what yours is in my opinion it would be you're arguing with somebody. Because they said on Survivor in these coconut throwing challenges that they should throw overhanded. Because I know you and you get so mad anytime anybody throws it overhand. Every time I've watched Survivor with you, you're yelling at the TV, go underhand. <laughs> that is true. Uh, nobody, like, even if you played basketball your entire life, a coconut is not a basketball. And your pride will be your downfall. <laughs> Throw it underhanded. It's the easiest way to get it in. Man, I should I should make a a hack, like a, a hack video on Instagram for all prospective players of Survivor <laughs> on how to throw a coconut into a net. Meanwhile, while these guys are throwing their coconuts into the basket, uh, Lulu hasn't made it yet. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get up on that really steep tower. Mm -hmm. They have to basically climb on each other to get up the wall. Yes. And Brandon falls and stays down until Jeff yells at him like, get up. Dig, Brandon. Yes. (laughs) Dig deep. He literally (laughs) fell and laid on the ground like a slug. I thought for a minute he died. He's dead. Jeff must have been seeing some signs of life that we didn't because he was risking a lot by yelling that. (laughs) That would have been Jeff's reputation out the window if Brandon was dead and Jeff was yelling at him to get up. (laughs) Jeff says to him, like, you asked for this, get up. Mm -hmm. This is what you wanted. Jeff is bothered by the lackluster contestants this season. (laughs) Yeah. We we got we wanted Brandon, not this useless slug. That's what Jeff is thinking. Yeah, I just put in my notes here. Brandon almost dies. <laughs> <laughs> they all make their way up the wall, and actually, Lulu's the last ones up the wall. But they they get up in a kind of a unique, clever way. 
they are struggling with pulling each other up with their hands. So they use their buffs as like loops, as rings to hold on to and pull each other up. So that's how they get, uh, Caleb, I think is the last one up. He gets up that way. And, uh, the truck driver girl that we don't know that I can't remember her name. Sabaya. Sabaya. That's right. Cause I was going to say something, a uh, wrong pronunciation again. She uses the loops and all I can think of is big props to the props department on that one. Pun intended because they put together a quality buff. Yeah. The integrity of that fabric to just be able to lift people. <laughs> it was impressive. Those people who made those buffs and tested them, when that happened, they thought, finally. That's right. <laughs> the the prop guy who's in charge of the buffs, he he I hope he's nominated for an Emmy because <laughs> that's impressive stuff. When I saw them do that though, it did it was it's never been done, you know, and I don't think they ever really thought it could be done. It just made me wonder where the line's drawn because in this type of situation, a clothing ladder Mm -hmm. would have been a massive help if they all could have shed one layer of clothing, made a little clothing ladder and, you know, essentially a similar thing as the buff. Like tie it into a rope? Yeah. So like Mm -hmm. everybody takes their shirt off, they tie Mm -hmm. the ends together Mm -hmm. and that makes a long rope in the end, you know, just like when you're climbing at the park, a lot of times they have a rope, a rope assisted, yeah, yeah, and that could have made people fly right through this. So it just changer. made me wonder if, in the future, they are going to, you know, probably not on the air, but in private, say to them, like, just so you know, buffs are not a a tool. Yeah, they're not a tool in this challenge. That would be lame if they did that because I think that's that's a good idea, and you should reward good ideas. Yeah, like that. you know, they make it up the wall, but. It's too late. The other two teams, Lulu is last. The other two teams, Reba and what's Bellu? Bello? Bello. Bello. They finish first and uh, they win their immunity. And Lulu's going to tribal council, which, not going to lie, I could have seen coming. I could have predicted. We get back to Lulu's camp and we get their pre tribal discussions and this is a lame this is kind of a lame pre-tribal and tribal council it is and that's kind of why these contestants aren't really doing it for me Mm -hmm. because they have some awesome contestants that Mm -hmm. are really being like dampened down yeah by the lame contestants even on this tribe you have you know you have caleb and sabaya i think that's how you say it Okay, Sabaya and Sean, <laughs> who I think will be great. And even Emily is... Good TV. Yeah, good TV. She's entertaining in the fact that she's she's off her rocker in a lot of ways. And Brandon is coming along. But really, we find out in this pre-tribal and tribal council that Hannah is a buzzkill. And she gets so much screen time talking about how she, how much she wants to go home and yeah watch from the comfort of her bed. Yeah, she says that when they lost her very first thought was that she hoped they would vote her off. Yeah. That's lame. I don't want to watch that. You know? I just think that's so it just sucks the life out of the episode. It really does. Because, you know, it starts off with that excitement, everybody wanting to be there, and then you get someone who just wants to give up and and I get the side of it that it's hard and you want to give up but you push through there was no grit in Hannah it was literally just uh, she was spiraling into I want my bed I want nicotine you know I need my vape whatever and just moving right past and ignoring any thought of but I signed up for this this is what I wanted and I'm going to do it even though it's hard Right. You know, which we kind of got that on day one, but, and maybe the fact that she was there with Brandon and they were, maybe they became an echo chamber of wanting to quit. But yeah, it's, it's kind of lame. I don't have much other than, you know, Emily clearly wanted to take out Caleb for no reason 
other so than stupid. Other Caleb than is one of your only two good people at a challenge. Yeah. If you're worried about their alliance, why not take out the weaker of the two? Right? She wants to take out the strongest person on their tribe, probably. And I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think Emily, yeah, she's got some stuff bothering her that is really difficult to understand why she's so bothered. She has that plan. And I legitimately think that if Hannah doesn't quit, we have the rest of the tribe voting Brandon out because he was a useless slug. Don't you think? What do you think? Yeah. No, I think that they were going to vote um, Emily off. You think so? Yeah. I think that they were going to use their strength in numbers to keep Emily and say, you know, she'll help us more in the challenges and we can always get rid of her next time. But Brandon right now is a huge liability in challenges. And so if we want to avoid coming back to tribal, we got to get rid of him. That's my guess, but... I could see that we'll never, too. We'll never know because Hannah gave up and she ends up basically forcing everyone to vote her off. So we don't even get a vote at tribal. She tells them, you know, if you don't vote me out, I'll quit. And they all just agree to let her leave. She says, I don't need to be voted off to go home. Yeah. With like a little smirk on her face. Yeah. Which really bothers me. And Jeff is so frustrated at her. Yeah. Like real frustration and i can see that on jeff's side because they do spend so much time doing these casting and interviews and millions of applicants to just see like a total dud like i feel like jeff at that point probably has like a personal thing with these people what are the seasons whenever they compete and they go to an arena and the contestants watch Redemption Island or whatever it's yeah. called. What's that one? Somebody quits in that one too. And yeah. Jeff is so mad at them and he... They don't even get to throw their buff away. No, yeah. I remember in the fire because that's an honor. I wanted something like that to happen too. Mm-hmm. In a way it kind of did. She didn't get a formal vote. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like I miss old Jeff in a way. Like old Jeff would have torn her apart and like embarrassed yeah. her. Yes, because he did that on like Redemption Island, and I liked that. Yeah, but I mean, I guess I don't know why. I don't know if it's for, you know, PR's sake. But personally, my personal preference is I like a savage Jeff. Yes, and let me just say, I love Jeff. Mm-hmm. I, I, the show wouldn't be the same without him. I really am one of Jeff Probst's biggest fans. I love him, mm-hmm. but I do miss how how harsh she used to be to the contestants Mm -hmm. and i'm sure a lot of that is his softening up it's probably has a lot to do with cancel culture but he definitely isn't the same that he used to be yeah no he's not and i think that's probably for the best in a lot of ways and it's probably just a selfish desire to want him to be yeah more more savage exactly But, uh, but yeah, so she ends up going home. So we don't really have any voting stats to recap or we don't have, you know, we don't have much to recap from this tribal other than we'll see how much longer Brandon sticks around. And was, I mean, seems likely that Lulu is going to be back in this position next week. Yeah, it really does. We'll see. Well, let's go to our. Best and worst moves of the episode. Let's start with you. Our worst move of the episode. Who was it and what did they do? I think my worst move was when Brandon fell off of that tower. Not that he could control falling, but I think his reaction spoke volumes to his team. There are so many people who are bad at challenges and win Survivor and have a lot of respect. Suri, for example. Because it's about their endurance or their desire to succeed in the end. Noelle, the woman who was on who had one leg. Those people who fall and get up and get up and get up. But then he just fell and just laid there. And I think it was like that was his first time he fell. And it's like show your team that you're passionate about helping them succeed. Yeah. Next week we're going to learn that he fractured his spine. And you're going to have to take all that back. <laughs> that was a big fall. He, he, 
And it was like a thud. Like it was like <laughs> That was, uh, was crazy. Yeah, seriously, when Jeff yelled at him, I was shocked because I thought he was dead for <laughs> sure. But yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Brandon did not impress for sure. I think uh, I've got best move. And I think my best move of the episode is going to go probably to Austin. And this is maybe controversial because we'll see how it plays out for him. But he's on a strong tribe, which is good for him. It'll buy him some time because hopefully they won't have to go to tribal for a minute. But he found the beware advantage and took it. And I am happy that he was willing to take the risk. And I think he's a good player so far from what I've seen. So I'm excited to see him get through and figure out, find a way to figure out how to get his hands on that idol. Um, And I think it's a good move because he has the time, hopefully, with the strength of his tribe to get to uh, maybe through a few tribals um, without having to go and vote without a vote. We have a um, question of the week this week. Yes, it is. Who is your favorite and why? I don't really want to know who you think is going to win, but I want to know these contestants that you like watching and who are your personal favorites. Yeah. And you could even, uh, I'm curious to think if, does anybody have someone they like that they think isn't going to win? That's, yeah, I'm sure there are people out there. Or tell me who you hate. I don't know. I'm flexible. Yeah, that's right. Give us your thoughts on who you like and your thoughts on the first episode. You can email us at themergefeastpod at gmail.com and uh, let us know. Let us know where you're writing from, who you are, and and give us your thoughts. Or you can message us on X, formerly known as Twitter, or on Instagram. Send us a message. Uh, we're the Merge Feast on Twitter and Instagram. I'm excited to get into the mailbag next week and uh, and read everybody's responses. I'm, like I said, a little disappointing of an ending to this first episode, but I am excited about who's left and it's getting promising. to know them better and exactly i think we, we've got some good players and we're going to end up liking this season the ending definitely fizzled out but next week's going to be good I, yep. I have faith me too we're excited for the season we can't wait to recap episode two next week 